0: Welcome back to Beyond the Uniform. I'm Justin Asiri, and my goal is to help members of the military community thrive in their post-service career and life. Today's yeah. episode number 466, Stopping Active Shooters with AI, with Rob Huberty of Zero Eyes. Rob, welcome to Beyond the Uniform.
1: Thank you for having me on.
0: So I want to give listeners a quick background on Rob based on what I was able to find about you online. Uh, I know that Rob's in Philadelphia. He studied political science and government at the University of Arizona. He served as a Navy SEAL for over nine years. He got his MBA from Wharton. He joined Amazon as a Pathways Operations Manager, and he founded Zero Eyes in May of 2018, where he currently serves as their chief operating officer and I wanted to give a little bit of background on Zero Eyes from what I've found out so far. Uh, It's an AI weapons detection platform that helps identify threats at first sight. Founded by a team of Navy SEALs and military veterans dedicated to ending mass shootings, we integrate with an organization's existing IP security cameras to play one component of its overall security process and provide security personnel and first responders with real-time information needed to keep people safe. Um, on LinkedIn, it looks like they've got a team of about 95 people. And from Crunch it looks like they've raised about $29 million in funding. And last thing I'll say, and I'll shut up then, uh, special thanks to Lawrence Pick. He's the Director of Government Affairs at Zero Eyes. He facilitated the introduction. Um, so first off, Rob, anything to add or amend to the bio that I, I just read?
1: No, it's almost as if uh, you had researched us in, in kind of a <laughs> creepy way.
0: No, not yeah. creepy
1: in a in a professional <laughs> way. I mean, some of the numbers are a little bit different now, but uh, close enough.
0: Great. Um, so maybe bring us back to. Um, I, I'd like to start with Zero Eyes. Bring us back to where were you at when you had the idea for the company, and how did it actually come about, uh, coming into life?
1: Right. So I think that you know we're really a sum of like all the experiences of our life, right? And I think that it, even just the start of it doesn't really fully do it justice. I want to talk a little bit about like me growing up, because I think that actually helps say, why did we do what we did? Yeah. And so uh, to give you a little bit of background, I went, I'm from Connecticut. I, I think more than any other one place. And I went to a middle school that was called Chalk Hill. And Chalk Hill was in a town called Monroe, Connecticut. What crime looked like uh, at, in monroe connecticut was uh kids would smoke pot in the parking lot of the cumberland farms and you know they would cut school or something like that like it it was pretty tame it was a good place to grow up um and we were next to newtown connecticut and my middle school ended up getting renamed sandy hook elementary school so Going from a place that's really benign and what I thought was boring to one of the most horrific incidents in, uh, you know, in recent memory, at least for me, and that didn't seem like it could have been possible. So after that horrific day, they moved all the kids into my school because it was like two miles apart or something like that. And it was an identical building because it was built by like the same people, the same contractors. Right. And, you know, that's just kind of like a weird thing. I graduated high school in 1999 Um, from the fourth floor of my high school. You can see the World Trade Center. You can see the skyline. So it was like suburbs, New York ish across the Long Island Sound. uh, And I went to the University of Arizona, as you said before, and Columbine happened in April of 99 and I went to school in August of 99 with a bunch of kids from Littleton, Colorado and like those things they tell you, you know, you're, you'd go out and you try to meet people. You're a freshman. I'm so excited to be here at college. What fun. And, uh, people would tell Columbine stories. Where were you? And they're like, Oh, that was one town over for me or whatever it was. Oh, I had a friend of there, or I was in the school that day. And that was pretty profound. Right. And so obviously further than that, you know, I joined the military. That was really the impetus was September 11. Um, I met my wife right before I went in, um, we did the military thing, which is uh, you get married twice. That's that's sometimes a thing, right? You do a courthouse wedding, so you could get benefits, and you know, in, in case something, God forbid, happens to you, you know, your your spouse gets, uh, you know, your whatever the the benefits that you get, and then you go do a real wedding later. And the courthouse that we went and got married in, that I lived a quarter mile from, also had a mass shooting. Um, you know, a disgruntled employee started shooting in the parking lot. And, you know, it was a big event, and so you know, I can't, we're a sum of our parts, right? So I had gotten out of the military, I went to business school, I was working at Amazon, and really, it was the Parkland events. And my buddy, Mike, Mike Leif, our CEO, was like, dude, I'm going to get the boys together. And uh, let's do something about this. Walking around the school, you know, his kids go to, he has, you know, a bunch of now teenagers. And, you know, they're going to school, they're like, what do you do with these cameras? And they're like, well, nothing. Nobody really watches these. You're like, well, somebody should. And particularly after the events of Parkland, he's like, let's do something about this. And you know, he called everybody up and he's just like, how do you you want to do something that about this? Let's let's use cameras and like be a force multiplier. Like, let's have those cameras look for something instead of the doing the nothing that they're doing. And so there was a group of us who were just like, you know, you know, I I worked with in the SEAL teams we went to business school like what are we doing with our lives and for meaning for me wasn't really being fulfilled in you know my job that i had you know really cool experience a great thing amazon oh my god i want to do this but like that itch to serve and to do something greater than yourself didn't really exist you know it's a profit driven company like it's neat and it does a lot of really great stuff but i needed to do something else and like really i think i struggled personally with working for a large company and not having the mission and not doing it with like my brothers, you know, people that I loved and I cared about. It's not to say that like, I I may have worked with really cool people and subsequently I've hired some of those really cool people. But we came together and said, let's do this together. Let's serve again and let's do it and try to prevent mass shootings in in something that we thought was a logical way. Let's, Let's use these cameras to do something more than the nothing that they're doing to Mm. prevent a terrible problem.
0: I love the mission, man. I love the, um, I can imagine how fulfilling that is. And, you know, I I dropped my three and a half year old off at school and I hate that I did literally think about that as I was like saying goodbye. It's like, oh my God, like what, what if? I think that's like just always on my mind now. And I think many parents, Um, you mentioned Mark, is it the two of you that co-founded or or are there more co-founders?
1: No, there's more co-founders. There are about yeah. seven of us. So that was Mike Leif, um, Sam Alimo, another SEAL, Tim Solzer, who's not a SEAL, but Mike had worked for, Dustin Brooks. There, there's a number of other co-founders as well who were part of it in the beginning, who have kind of moved on subsequently. But you know, there was a core of about seven of us that started. And then, you know, it, it snowballed from there that people you know, who were involved and that we trusted that kind of built this thing.
0: How did you, when you, so there's seven or you have this idea, you have this mission. What was kind of like the next milestone for you to bring it to life? And especially, you know, I've got a long history of entrepreneurship, but never anything in AI. It just seems like the depth of investment and depth of knowledge required is it's not like you're starting an e-commerce store or a service related business. So once you had this idea what was like the next milestone where it started to come alive?
1: So we had uh, been working with a group of people who had been kind of looking into this and in computer vision, and which is really just using AI on video, right? Like how do you process video and you do something with that? And uh, then we got, ended up getting really talented programmers, you know, who were working on the project and you start looking at what research papers exist, like what this seemed like something that should have already existed to us, right? And if you look at silly movies, if you watch the movie RoboCop, at some mm-hmm. given point, the uh, there's like a robot who can see a gun and then attacks like, you know, an innocent guy in like a board meeting in, you know, 1988, you know, the Terminator, as they saw the vision, could see a gun and identify it through, you know, computer vision. Like, this isn't the most radical thing in the world, but how do you do that? And a lot of people were doing, you know, similar things. And you're like, if you could do facial detection, why can't you do this? And so as silly of a thing is, you just go and you start talking to people who do something similar. And you're like, how do I do this? And you're like, oh, well, you need this, this, and this. Um, our CTO, Tim Salzer, had, you know, used computer vision and those kind of things and had a pretty good idea of where to start. And so he's, you know, the most technical minded person. they like, okay, I'm going to do this aspect and we need to get training data. How do we do that? And like, what is training data is people walking around with guns? We walked around with guns and recorded ourselves. We learned how to annotate. You know, it's uh, you know, we we all get a a lot of us have like MBAs from really nice schools, but really the we learn the most from Google and -hmm. then other people who have done something like this before by asking obvious questions and then being more sophisticated every day and like, how do you do this? How do you do this? How do you do this? And using you know whatever tools are available, and as soon as those tools you know outlive their usefulness, find different tools. And so, I mean, that's what it was. You get programmers who have kind of experience in the space. You're like, okay, what do you do? Okay, I've reached the end of my knowledge, but this other guy knows something, and you're said, okay, let's bring that other guy in, and you just build a team that way. And I mean, that's that's why what we did, and we did most everything by like A and B testing, which is to say. Will this actually work? Let's get a camera and walk around with a gun. Will this work? Yes, okay, cool. Our first detection is in, you know, our our CEO's basement looking into the yard with this kids and like lacrosse sticks and whatever. And we were able to detect a gun. You're like, okay, it's theoretically possible. And you know, fundamentally we've been doing the same thing for you know four and a half years, just evolving, getting people who are smarter than us. Asking seemingly basic questions, iterating on it, testing it, seeing what worked and what didn't, the things that we don't work, we put by the wayside and the things that do work, you want to improve on and try to read as much as you possibly can. So getting into technology was difficult, but you know, I had, we, we all had a little bit of background and idea of what we wanted to do. And we talked to people who were way smarter than us mm. all the time.
0: When I when I read the intro, something that stood out to me was it seems like your team has been very myopically focused on the one thing you want to do, detection, and you kind of want to fit in to the in, existing infrastructure. Could you share a little bit more about that, like how you decided on that and how that's worked so far?
1: Right. So the the world of computer vision, as we were learning about it is uh it's it's difficult and i think a lot of the products they want to do everything at once right and so we saw products in front of us that could do facial detection we saw products that could do you know putting a bag down counting things license plate recognition all of these things that are you know really compelling we saw a lot of solutions that were at like the 80th percent kind of thing or the 90th percent thing and they're really compelling but they break a lot like they don't they you know it's it's more G golly whiz information than it is like, would you use this in a real life event? And the answer that we thought was like, it's getting more compelling. Like this whole world is getting better. Cameras are getting higher quality. The ability to do this is getting better. But unless you, as you said, myopically focus on one thing, we want to be the master of one, not the jack of all. And there's a lot of companies who can do facial detection, you know, really, really well. And that's, do you really want to be like the the fifth place person at that? If you want to be good at that, that's the only thing that you can do because all of these things are highly specialized. And that thing that really makes you useful in that moment and that that critical how like just because you can technically do it doesn't mean that you have just because you have the idea doesn't mean you have the execution. And so we're just like, we're going to only do this one thing and we're going to be the no-kidding best in the world at this. And we are going to learn everything that we can learn and we're going to get better. And we're going to obsess over this, over the smallest details because it's hard and you know, it's not perfect. It's not perfect, but you can get better and better at this one thing. And and we decided that our whole business model is just doing this one thing, having the chain of custody. And you could, let's say that you're capable of just getting the alert in itself and you're, you have the best model. That's great. How do you get that model on the right hands? How do you get it to law enforcement? How do you like, you have to go figure out the most useful way to do that and the best path and you have to train to that. And just being capable of creating that model isn't the same of like deploying it. So you have to do all of those things. So we decided we're just going to do the one thing, guns, nothing else.
0: I I love that. I want to ask a question, but for 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 our audience, the um, the, where my brain starts going is um, what's called go to market strategy. Like, how do you bring an idea to market? So I'm, you know, I know very little about Rob's business, but I think, okay, here's an idea that takes a lot of expertise to build. Right, it, it t- takes a lot of energy just to get it to the point where it works, and then I think about let's say with schools, probably long sales cycles of selling in there. So when, when I looked at the amount of funding they raised, I'm like, okay, about 30 million. That makes sense. You you need a lot of time and energy to get to the point where you can be selling this. Could you share whatever you're comfortable with in the early days? Was it kind of the sense of like, we have this idea. It's going to be two years until it's ready, or it's going to be two years until we can get it in people's hands. Like it's it's um. the last thing I'll just call out for our audience. Is that like, I'm viewing this as like, this is a massive idea. Like when this wins, it wins well, a lot. And so it's like very different than a lot of entrepreneurs where you're building something that takes a lot to get there. And so it's it's a world I don't know as well.
1: Right. You know, so it's it starts off with the most simple thing. And I, I guess it goes back to the, Donald Rumsfeld gave a speech that I love to go back to. He said, you have no knowns, Known unknowns and unknown unknowns, right? And and it sounded kind of like I think when people heard it, they didn't really like what he said. I think it's beautiful though. And uh, you know, you're going to get hit by the thing that you never saw coming. Like you're you're getting ready for the test, which are you know your unknown unknowns. And then you know you you go through that and you think that your known unknowns are all that exists, but you're going to get hit by a lot of things. So there was a long time where we thought we're two months away from something, and then two months away from something is really like. 16 months away from something, right? But what we did do in the beginning is we found uh, a willing participant, which was a high school in the area, uh, a high school in New Jersey, Rancocas Valley Regional High School. And we said, we've got this model that works. Could we deploy it? Could we try to do something? And they said, yes. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't for money. It was just like, do you mind if we show up at your high school on the weekends and train our model and record a lot of data and get better? And then like, Go through everything and they said, sure. And so, you know, which was pretty profound. Like, we're doing this for security. This is what we're going to do. We're going to do this in the most professional way possible. And we showed up to a high school on the weekends in the middle of the night, whenever they would allow us to do it, because, you know, it's obviously you don't. We were walking around with not actual guns, but like airsoft kind of guns to record data and, and to see how it worked and how it would do. And that became our first customer after. You know, two-ish years or something like that of building something, going there again and again and again and again, and you know, we did that mostly without money. Like it was our money. It was, wow. you know, the thrift savings plan. I don't have that anymore. That's gone. My four hundred and one k, my stock from Amazon. All of that's into this. Like there's there is not a dime left from any of the fact. We only put it into that. So for like two years, we we're at high school with like no hopes really of making money, and we're like. I believe in this, and I think that this will work. And I, I don't believe that this is the loan solution either. By the way, I think that this is something that can help. And so we took that initial thing, we proved it out there, and we said, okay, how can we get other customers and and do that sort of thing? And you know, we've we've built you know massively since then. But it, it started out with one place that would let us fall down, get back up, fall down, get back up. The police department worked with us. They let us do drills, they let us demonstrate, they let us show to other people, they let us install, and then eventually they become a customer, which is extraordinary. And been, you know we've tested things and we still test there um, just c- because they've been such an amazing partner.
0: That's incredible. I, I'm, I, you know I've heard stories before on the show of people who've kind of you know depleted their savings and racked up their credit card bill. but I have to imagine that the very strong mission that's driving you and everyone on your team makes that slightly more palatable. Like I'm just putting myself in your shoes. I'm like, if I was broke and my company didn't work, that's devastating. But if I knew it was genuinely trying to make the world a better place, it just seems like it's, it softens the blow a little bit.
1: I guess. Yes. I I mean, in my, in my thing, I just, I, I, I really struggled, honestly, transitioning out of the military and even getting to go, like I got to go to work. What an amazing place and what a supportive place. And I got to work for an amazing company, but like I've, you know, I have been with extraordinary people and I've seen extraordinary tragedy in, in my time in the military. Right. And I, it, it was a tough transition to go from one to the other. And, you know, I'm, perhaps we're higher risk individuals. Like th- there's no doubt about that. Like if, if, if you meet us, like, I think uh, Mike Layup has a superpower and it's, he's, he has balls. He has balls <laughs> like nobody I've ever met in my entire life. Right. <laughs> and I, but I think that's true of almost everybody on the team and like, and conviction. And when you have those two things and you have like, you know, really talented people who care, it, it matters and then you can look yourself in the mirror. And when you're already struggling, like, do I have purpose in my life? And you're looking, you're like, I really don't. I'm not really happy. And like, you're just, you you, you lack any feeling. Um, it's worth the risk, mm-hmm. right? I, I, you know, far better it is to dare great things. And, and so that's what we're trying to do. I mean, we're, we try to live up to that every day. It's tough. But uh, that, I mean, that risk, it's painful every now and again. It makes me... Being an entrepreneur, there's two feelings I have on a consistent basis. Today, even tomorrow, every day of the company, I want to hide under my desk sometimes, Mm. and I want to jump on top of it sometimes Mm. in maybe equal measures. Mm. And I feel better having that and having the autonomy to do that than I do working for someone else maybe.
0: Apologies, I was just writing that down. I I haven't heard that before, but such a great visual of the hiding. I feel that every day too, hide under the desk or jump on top of it. Do you think that um, I think that most entrepreneurs feel a certain amount of stress, residual stress all the time of just trying to move fast enough. But I'm just wondering, like, you know, you see on the news, you see these things occurring on, you know, a weekly basis, you know, like, do you does that Heighten your sense of stress of like, we got to get this out there, like every second counts. Like, do, or are you able to kind of compartmentalize that? Because I can imagine where that becomes crippling, where you're just facing such a big challenge that has real cost. But it's like also, it just takes time to build a company and to get a solution right.
1: It, it does. I, I mean, there's such stress because like this is, this matters, right? And we can't do this poorly. And we need to try our absolute best. Like, it's one thing if if you fail, because like technologies break, like the camera, like you could lose power, the cameras could go down. There's so many things that could like happen at the wrong moment that no matter what, like that's out of your hands, right? Like you, you could do so much, you could notify people when that is. And like, we have like an operation center that does all of those things, you know, contingencies. And that's, you know, from the military, like that's what we understand, but like, technology breaks and so like that sits with you like what what if you were to miss something what if this were to happen but we're going to do the best that we can we're going to be the most informed and you can sleep better at night knowing that you did everything that you could that you knew about at the very least right and that anxiety I think never goes away and I think that every time one of these events occurs it's devastating and like I do nothing but read about this. And every time something happens, everybody that I've met in my life texts me, like, did you see this? Did you see this? Particularly like these atrocities and like Uvalde or whatever it is. Like every time a bad one happens, even when very little ones, like everybody texts me, everybody I know. And they're like, you're doing this. Like, did you see this? Like, I mean, yes, I, I, I saw it and it's devastating. And sometimes, you know, some of our, you know, customers or whoever they show us videos of like, atrocities and you're just like do you think that you could have supported this situation and you just you have to watch that and you have to make assessments and you see it you just see terrible things you basically see people like execute each other and you're just like this is
0: Mm. we
1: need we need to do better and you know I, i i don't pretend that i can solve the entire problem like the social emotional thing or the reason that people are doing it but i hope that in many cases where people show the guns early which is a lot of like the mass shootings they're They think they're the Grim Reaper and they're going to show it a long time that we really could do something about it. And it gives you motivation to build a better product every single day and to be motivated. But like the anxiety of missing something like that is incredible. Like, if I'm sick to my stomach every single day, yes. Mm.
0: I love that though. I I think sometimes when I hear about this, it becomes overwhelming of like how it's such a big problem. How do you solve it? What I love is your self awareness of like, you guys are solving one piece of it. There's so many things that go into it, but at least you're solving that one piece. It just, I love the proactive nature of it. Could you share a little bit more about your your chief operating officer? Could you explain to our audience, like at this stage of a company, what does that translate to in terms of what you do throughout the week?
1: Probably not what a chief operating officer (laughs) anywhere else does, right? I don't know. I don't know that I'm qualified for my own title. Hmm. Um, So uh, there's a bunch of things that I do. And everybody in our company do, particularly the founders, but like really everybody. And, you you know, sometimes you say you wear multiple hats. And what does that really mean? It started off as like we built a monitoring center. Like I, you know, we now have, we employ veterans. So our monitoring centers, we have one in Philadelphia right outside. And we have one in Hawaii. We take transitioning veterans, put them in those roles, you know, very much like any ops setter in the military, because that's what it is. And we built it with that model. In the very beginning, I was the guy who monitored the whole time at the school, twenty four seven. I like slept with a computer in my room, and you know that's what I did. So like, I'm a COO who's not really that. I'm have a computer in my room, you know, monitoring everywhere I go, or like wh- whatever whatever that case is. How how we do it? Setting a watch bill of all of us being like, okay, it's your guy's turn. Are you going to do this? Um before we built out a real thing. And then it's like, okay, we're all installing this. It can't just be our CTO who installs it. Like you have to learn to do it. So you're like, oh, geez, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm totally underqualified. And then you have to learn. And so you do that. And so you install and they're like, hey, we need money. Like we need to talk to people. Let's make pitch decks. Okay, you're doing that. Hey, you need to pitch. Okay, let's do that. Hey, uh, I, you know, in our some of the people on our team are just incredible at doing all of those things and probably be less so. But like, hey, can you take the website over? Like it's, it's super, like it's too much of a task for me. Like, yeah, sure, I'll, I, don't, how to, I don't know how to do that. But like learn how to do a website. Like, okay, how do you do this? And just Google stuff. And Like, how do you do this? So I monitored, I installed, I helped run the website. I helped run money, you know, raise money. I helped write pitch decks, I helped do that. And at this point, we have a lot more people now. And I still go between making sure that we're installing all the places all of our customers cuz we're starting to get a lot of customers out that our operation center is manned the way that it's supposed to um, that you know sometimes i help in with you know pitching for that sometimes i help in you know wherever the case may be trying to do that trying to make the people on your team feel appreciated try to make sure that they're all moving in the right direction then doing stuff like that get you know awareness of, of what our company is so that we can hire more people, it's all of that. And it's, you know, and then it could be none of that. And, and one problem, it could stop you from doing whatever you're doing on any minute's notice. And, you know, there's, there's a few of us that started, so it's not just one person who does this, but we all rotate through these. I mean, there's no such thing as like, that's my lane. That's no, it's everybody's. So if somebody has a better idea, they're going to execute it. So, you know, the, sometimes the uh, the the COO is lead janitor too. So I, you need to be able to do that and willing to do that. Go sweep the floors.
0: What a great description of startups though. It's just crazy at, at your scale still, there's that sense of everyone pitching in. I just imagine that's one of the components that makes an organization successful is that willingness to roll up one's sleeves. And I also have to imagine that most veterans are, down with that. So I love that you're employing a lot of veterans.
1: It's fun. I mean, that's, I think, I don't know what our total number of veterans are, but I would, I would imagine that it's over like 60% are veterans. Well, yep. And and certainly like, it's not exclusive that I don't think, but it's, it's really fun to work with veterans. And yep. uh, the, the best way, somebody asked me a few years ago about like, what, why do you work with veterans? And it was like veterans then was just like, as dumb as it was, it was like, imagine that like you're painting a fence or something like that. And your neighbor comes up like, Hey, what are you doing? And it was like, I'm painting this fence. A veteran, the way they come up, they stand next to you is like, Hey man, let me get in on that. Like, I'll help you on mm-hmm. that. And it's just like, it turns the I into we really, really quickly. Like, yeah, let me, this is what I'm used to. Like, I'll, I'll help you paint your fence or like whatever it is. And the selflessness is, uh, is just really high. Another example that I, I saw this like later in life. Have you ever seen uh, the movie White Christmas? Mm-mm. This is a movie about veterans dealing with post-traumatic stress mm. and then uplifting each other. And it's about a hotel that they opened that like Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye are trying to support the general from World War II, who's like in a depression and like his hotel isn't working. So they're like, we'll take our act with all of our veteran friends and we'll do it. And throughout the movie, they're just like, why are you doing this? What reason they're just like, it's for an old war buddy. And they say, mm. it's a reason, it's not a good reason I'm in. And I was like, it like makes me like cry if I see it's a Christmas movie, right? They sing songs, they're like, eh, "It's," but it's really about World War II veterans. And it's just so beautiful and poetic. And I think that that's what veterans do. And that, you know, you you help each other and you do something and you have a cause and like you drop anything. And even if it's inconvenient, you're like, do you want to do this? Like, nah, I'll do it mm-hmm. anyway. And that's, that's why veterans and that's fun to work with.
0: I love it. Um, I have two other two last questions. Um, one is just opening the floor a little bit. What What is it that you would want people to know either about the problem you're solving, or the company you're creating. The, the the second question is going to be how they can support you. But I just want to make any room for you to share anything that you would want our audience to know about this because it's such a uh, such a compelling space that you're in.
1: I think what we do makes sense, right? I I don't think it's like that far out. Like you know, it's it, it's actually very specific. Like it's we're we're only we're not taking any information like. Personal data, we don't use any of that. We're only looking for guns. That's the only thing that we do, and we want to pass that information quickly. So uh, I think it's really critical that we don't invade privacy. We're just using the existing cam- existing cameras and that infrastructure, and that we're only doing it in a way that doesn't corroborate data, and it's never being sold to anybody mm. ever. It's only being used for public safety, and I think if that makes sense, uh, we wanna be on every camera in America. And if we are, I really do believe that we can prevent loss of life. I think not, not always, it's not, gonna, it's not gonna just all of a sudden, you know, all of our ills go away and, and everybody's holding hands and singing kumbaya with each other. But I think it makes sense. And in many instances where a gun is pulled early, we can do something about it and prevent loss of life. And in order to really do that, we need to be on a lot of cameras.
0: Mm, I love that, man. It's such a, um, such a massive vision, but it's, it's uh, one that is totally worthwhile. And that leads me to the the last question, which is, I I'm sure others listening to this like me are fired up for what you're doing. How, how can we support you? What, what can we do to help what you're doing?
1: So I guess two things is that we want everybody to be aware of us. We want, um, you know, your school district, your superintendent, if they value what they see, reach out to us. I'd love to do it in your school. I want to be on every camera in America. We, I mean, we do it in a lot of other things in school, but that's where our heart starts. That's where our mission started. K through 12 schools were these mass shooters like walk around like the Grim Reaper before they start. And so if you had a six minute heads up on something, I think you can prevent it right now. It's not, it's not going to be every single case. You can see what we're able to do and what we're not able to do. It has to be exposed guns. But if you, if you believe what I'm saying and you value that, introduce it to your school and say, take a look at this as a, you know, a concerned parent and bring it to the superintendent. And then if you're a veteran who wants to go on an interesting team and you have some of the skills and some of the things that I said, reach out to us because we want to grow our team. And if our mission is really going to occur, we're going to need a lot of help.
0: I love it. That's so so powerful. And I think that's very actionable too. And um yeah, I love that. One 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 last question. I was just looking at your name again. Where does zero eyes come from? Is that the sense that it's like replacing the eyes of humans? Or like what was the the genesis of the name?
1: So that's one. So, you know, we're looking at all of your cameras with zero eyes, but it's also uh navy cryptology, right? The uh, mm. when you have a radio and it's encrypted, you zero eyes it and there was at the bottomed out on the dial kind of looks like two eyes if you ever had like <laughs> if you had ever had like encrypted radios. Mm. And so it uh, some of it it's a techie sounding thing. It sounds cool. So it's kind of like it sounds cool. Uh it makes zero eyes are watching other things and that's kind of cool. And then like you know how do you zero eyes a radio and you're you know your your embitter or your one seventeen golf or whatever, whatever those radios were. I don't even remember at this point.
0: That's amazing. Uh, well for listeners, I'll put this in the show notes, but their website is zero eyes, E Y E Um, I'll link to Rob's profile on LinkedIn in the show notes as well to hit him up as well as, um, I'll include Lawrence's, but, uh, Rob, I love the work you guys are doing. Thank you so much for what you're doing. And thank you for sharing your story with beyond the uniform today.
1: I greatly appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity.